Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Rob. We're a writing team from New Jersey with a passion for film. An aggressive, all-consuming passion. Well, whenever we see a news article we find, like, insane, uh, immediately it's... How can we make a movie out of this? Every episode we read a crazy article from different sources and tumble down our own rabbit hole. Discussing cast, crew, and plot. And then we hash out a pitch for a feature film. So, join us as we BS about movies and ask the important question... What do you got? What do you got? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and anyone in between. This is episode 51 of What Do You Got? We hope you enjoyed that last episode with uh, the awesome guys over at the Trilogy Podcast. Had a great time doing that episode. Definitely our longest episode for obvious reasons, since we pitched a friggin' trilogy. Nice. Um, uh, that, that was a great time, and hope you guys check out the Trilogy Podcast. Their stuff is insane and in-depth um, great show and I'm, I'm really surprised at, at how well things shook out you know just sitting down with these guys for the first time me too i i think it definitely helped that we pitched an animated movie um i think that was a little bit of a, a good way to kind of ease ourselves into that style mm-hmm. um but nonetheless it was a great episode and uh we hope to continue this feat of awesome episodes with today's episode um this is a listener pitch uh, those of you who have been following What Do You Got for a while might know Megara Hope, who guest starred on episode, I want to say episode 30. I think she was episode 30. I think so. Um, she guest starred on episode 30 with us. Uh, and this pitch uh, comes from her uh, via Twitter. So she she tagged uh, What Do You Got podcast on Twitter, and uh, we found this article. And it, well, I'm sorry, she found this article. And uh, we looked at the article, and we decided <laughs> we're going to do it. Um, so remember, if you ever want to pitch an article, uh, please make sure you send it to us on Twitter or to the official What Do You Got podcast Gmail. Uh, we will lose it to track Rob of it. <laughs> What'd you say? That's, we will lose track of it if you exactly. do Exactly. If you send it to Rob and I like separately, like wherever, and it's just like, you guys should do this. We're, we're never going to get to it because it's not in the vault, if you will. We are um, disastrous boys. <laughs> we are not very well organized. Uh, however, today's article, um, while brought to you by Megara Hope and from the New York Times, uh, the New York Times is behind a paywall. So if you don't have that, we're using the CNN article, which is the same story, obviously. It's just a different <laughs> news source. Um, just because uh, New York Times is behind a paywall, I don't feel like linking that one because then anyone who goes to look at it will be like, oh, well, I can't even read it. So Naturally. we're starting off today with CNN's article. Uh, the title is a little clunky, but it gets the point across. Title of this article is a $34.99 goodwill purchase turned out to be an ancient Roman bust that's nearly 2,000 years old. Uh, So back in August of 2018, Laura Young was shopping in the Austin area of Texas goodwill when she stumbled upon a 52-pound marble bust. Quote, I was just looking for anything that looked interesting, she said, and when she saw it, she knew she had to have it. Quote, it was a bargain at $35. There was no reason not to buy it. She then told CNN Friday that she had been reselling her antique finds since 2011. So after the transaction, she knew she had to do some digging to see if the piece had any history to it. And history, it had. Little did she know that the purchase would have Roman ties and end up up in the San Antonio Museum of Art four years later. 
she contacted auction houses and experts trying to get some information that she, you know, sh- that she could on the marble structure, just see if there was anything about it that she could use uh, to find a little bit more information about it. Eventually, Sotheby's confirmed that the bust was in fact from ancient Roman times, and they'd estimated it to be about 2000 years old. So a specialist was able to track down the bust uh, on a digital database and found photos from the 1930s of the head in gonna butcher this uh german wording um uh ash a that sound right rob a schaffenberg i'm not helping you okay uh in bavaria (laughs) germany rob's a really good co-host for those of you who haven't known uh lindley mcalpine a postdoctoral curatorial fellow that's that was a mouthful hold on lindley mcalpine a postdoctoral curatorial fellow at the san antonio museum of art or sama for short told cnn it is believed to be the bust of sextus pompey a roman military leader his father pompey the great was once an ally of julius caesar so the bust was housed in a replica of a Pompeii home, also known as a, going to butcher this as well, uh, Pompeianum, I'm going to say, uh, which was commissioned by King Ludwig I of Bavaria. So there it was on display until World War II, which was the last time it was seen until she bought it in 2018 from Goodwill. Uh, and there's an image right below that line uh, that is an actual photo from the Pompeianum uh, in 1931, where you can actually see the bust inside the the uh the home if you will it's pretty Uh, cool it is it's cool to see that and it's just so wacky to think where did it go (laughs) the bust along with other artifacts in the home had been moved into storage before the pompeianum had bombed uh, was bombed and destroyed during the war so at, at some point the piece was stolen from storage Quote, it seems like sometime between when it was put into storage until about 1950 someone found it and took it since it ended up in the U.S., it seems likely that some American uh, that was stationed there got their hands on it. So Young says she still wonders just how the piece ended up at Goodwill in Austin, Texas, which, yeah, I do, too. Um, she said she tried to find the person who donated the statue through Craigslist, but had no luck. Quote, I would really love it for uh, if whoever donated it came forward. It's most likely not the original person who took him, but would still like to know the story. If I don't, if I donated a priceless artifact that I could have retired, I I probably would have, you know, jumped off a building. I don't think they're going to find it. Yeah, I I don't know how I would handle that. Uh, Donating it to Goodwill, finding out it is a 2000 year old piece of ancient history. Well, at all. Seriously. Um, And you I mean, again, it's it's tough because Craigslist, I don't know, unless this story goes viral, which it has, maybe she will finally be able to find out who the person was that actually donated it. but the piece is currently being lent out contractually to Sama for a year. But McAlpine explains it is still technically owned by Germany since it was looted from storage. Uh, so Young is proud to see her unique find on display for others to learn its history. But after May of 2023 coming up, the bus will be sent back to Germany, where it'll go back on display once again in the Pompeianum. So it'll actually go back to the place that it was back in the 1930s, 1940s. Um, of course, until World War II struck and destroyed the, the area. So it's so crazy because it makes me think what else is sitting in goodwill that's worth, you know, however much. I mean, it's it's not it the first time it's happened. What'd you say? It's not the first time it's happened. Someone oh, found a, uh, a Jackson Pollock painting. Yes. Yes. I remember that one as well. And his uh, stuff is the most valuable really at this point for the auctions that have happened. 
it's interesting because like I feel like I should go to Goodwill more often because you you always get stories of like family members cleaning out their homes and being like, oh, is there some stuff in here you might want? Uh, and then it's there's something, you know, a comic book or something or a book that's like a first print, something like that in a family home. Basically, Goodwill is just a retail family home that you can go search through and <laughs> find items and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe it's worth going going to Goodwills more often and seeing if you could find some type of, uh, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Um, that's uh, it's just an interesting concept to kind of be like, I'm going to go to Goodwill and look for Jackson Pollock. Dumpster dive. Until <laughs> Dumpster I get dive rich. for Jackson Pollock paintings. <laughs> It is a a wacky idea, and I mean the the luck of the draw uh, to find this piece, to find that Jackson Pollock piece, is just it's yeah, it's a one in a million shot, but it's still just fascinating to see it from this point of view. She paid thirty five dollars for this thing. It's a two thousand year old marble sculpture from ancient Rome. I mean, like, I would love to pay thirty five dollars to have something dope like that in my house. <laughs> Legit, it's it's kind of like. If you were in Goodwill and like a piece of the Titanic is just sitting there and it's like 10 bucks, you want it? <laughs> well, you can buy pieces of the Titanic. That's true. You can also buy coal from the Titanic. I think it's fucking weird. Yeah, I have. Um, <clears throat> I don't have any pieces from it. I think I got a piece of coal when I went to the exhibit that was in the Discovery Building back when that was open. Mm, um, I and I have one. I have replica pieces like I have replicas of third party um, tea teacups. Um and I have these cool like uh, coasters that are replicas of the boarding pass, which are Ooh, pretty cool. I like that. Um, actually, up until recently, that was sitting on my desk right here. But I then switched it out for a coaster that is a um, uh, NES cartridge of the Friday the 13th video game. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. You got to stay on theme for your... Yeah, uh... I got to stay on theme. For those of you who don't <laughs> know, my entire office space, uh, desk, computer, wall is just fully decked out in Friday the 13th memorabilia signatures autographs and things uh, uh original posters from movies uh that's one of my uh that's one of my great great passions is jason Voorhees because he's a jersey boy represent um, our other great passion pitching movies <laughs> wait a segue <laughs> so nick uh now that we finished the article what do you got all right man okay so when i when i first read this article I immediately figured um, it's got to be a an action adventure, you know, and I, I was thinking it should be in an action adventure in the style of, let's say, the Da Vinci Code or something like that. Um, Uncharted, which had recently come out. Uh, and I was like, OK, we could do that. Or we could kind of stick with the theme of what we did with Trilogy Podcast and I can make a Jackson Reinhardt sequel. Interesting. Interesting so, that you would go there. <laughs> my my film is a sequel to Jackson Reinhardt and the Hunt for the Golden Train. Um, and this movie is called Jackson Reinhardt, The Search for the Lost Fiddle. So since this sculpture is of ancient Rome and it's of uh, Sextus Pompeii, I one of my I, I'm a big fan of ancient Rome, ancient Roman history, ancient Greek uh, history. Um, and one of my favorite stories of ancient Rome is the burning of Rome while Nero plays the fiddle. Mm. Um, so the idea of my story is based around that, whether it's a sculpture or something, I was thinking a sculpture of Nero 
that he finds in like, remember Jackson Reinhardt's the 1940s, 1950s. So he finds it in like, I would say like maybe a Macy's department store, right? Um, <laughs> in New York at some point. And it kind of leads him on this trail. Um, well, you know just, what? No, let's, um, let's actually do the department store where Kramer works as Santa Claus in Seinfeld. Oh, Gimbals? Gimbals. <laughs> we could do Gimbals. It's a Gimbals. Um, and, and basically this kind of puts him on the path to discover uh, the, the, what is thought to be a myth of Nero's fiddle he used during the burning of Rome. Now in, in true fashion, the fiddle was not invented during ancient Rome. So the, nope. <laughs> the, the theory of what Nero was playing, if this story is true, is a liar. Um, so I'm going to still title it the search for the lost fiddle, but he will be looking for a liar because that's the instrument that Nero would have played. Yeah, had it's, this. it's the, uh, it's the tall tale of it. Is, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the, the tall tale of the idea. So we're, we're sticking with fiddle for the title, but he is looking for an ancient liar. So basically he's looking for the, uh, basically the Holy grail, I would say of like ancient Roman treasure. Um, now I'm sticking with San Mendez as my director, since he was the director chosen for the first film. Uh, I want him to complete the trilogy. If we get around to doing a third film, then maybe we can push it to the trilogy podcast and let them uh, review our pitch for the Jackson Reinhardt trilogy. Um, so obviously I have James Marsden returning as Jackson Reinhardt. I do have Eldon Ehrenreich returning as uh, James Rummy Renton. However, by about the midpoint of the movie, He's going to get killed off and it's going to raise the stakes for Jackson yes. Reinhardt. <laughs> it's going to raise the stakes for Jackson Reinhardt. Now, being that this is our pitch for Jackson Reinhardt films are, you know, American pulp, very similar to Indiana Jones. Uh, he obviously has to have a different ingenue. Um, my villain of this film is played by one of the best character actors in history, Stephen Root, uh, who will be playing Professor Byron Holt who is an English professor that is also <laughs> on the search for the lost liar. And he has an assistant, uh, a French assistant played by Rashida Jones uh, named Charlotte Dupont. And when Charlotte discovers that uh, professor Byron Holt is going about this a much more devious way, she kind of switches gears and uh, teams up with Jackson Reinhardt to help him find the, fiddle before the uh -huh. professor can get their hands on it so uh that is basically my pitch um and it is a sequel to jackson reinhardt and the hunt for the golden train um, very bold sir very bold <laughs> i wanted to kind of i got into the mood with our with our last episode with the trilogy podcast i got into the mood of being like and you know what I, I wasn't thinking about it at first i was like okay we'll just do like a da vinci code style where someone finds something in a goodwill and or something like that and that's what it becomes. But I was like, wait, we already have in our, in our, what do you got canon? We already have a treasure hunter. Mm -hmm. So we might as well put him to use and, and get him his trilogy. <laughs> so um, but that is, that is the basis of my, uh, of my <laughs> film. I love that we're, we're self-referential, uh, referential <laughs> about movies that we have not made. Yes, it is. It is. It is. What do you got canon? Um, <laughs> And Jackson Reinhardt is one of the main players of what do you got canon, I would say. Because um, <laughs> I love me one some of, James Martin. One of, one of our greats. <laughs> <laughs> one of our greats. Oh my God. Um, 
So that is my pitch. I'd love to know, Rob, what do you got? Oh, Lord in heaven. Uh, <laughs> I just love the notion that we're, we're now planting ourselves firmly up our own assholes. <laughs> um, so uh, when this was tweeted at us, um, I was very, very tired. And I immediately word vomited uh, a, a Twitter response to this, which wound up being a pretty good idea and one of my best titles. Um, so I went back and looked at that tweet and stuck with it and ran with it for, for my pitch. Uh, of course, my film is called Caesar Salud. Uh, my director is Nanachka Khan. Uh, I would just who... like to go on record saying that I hate you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> um, Nanachka Khan, if you don't know her, uh, directed a movie for Netflix called Always Be My Maybe, which is one of my favorite romantic comedies. I'm going to need you to do me a favor and spell that for me. I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. <laughs> uh, and um, basically the plot of this is that there's a very high, strong restaurant owner who owes uh, a debts to some certain people and um, is rushing around trying to prepare his restaurant for a mob wedding. That's going to be held at it uh, as part of his um, uh, being indebted to them. Um, during this, he's buying a lot of different um, sort of decorations and whatnot to put up around there. He gets a bit stereotypical with it. So he sees a very nice looking statue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a full length statue of a, uh, a Roman man at, at a consignment shop and he buys it. Uh, and one of his regular patrons points out to him that it looks very familiar. And it does, in fact, uh, wind up being a sculpture of Caesar Augustus, the first emperor of Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got an alert that said lost connection to server. Oh, no, no we're we good. Okay? okay. Yeah, I think we're okay. okay. I think it was still <laughs> recording. Anyway, I'm just like, what the hell? Um, uh, uh, of Caesar Augustus. Um, and he's now, uh, kind of between a, uh, well, a rock and a statue place, um, <laughs> uh, with this I thing. hate you again. <laughs> Or a statue in a hard place, perhaps. I'm not sure. I guess that, that would probably work better. Mar- marble in a hard place. <laughs> um, with this thing uh, that is incredibly valuable, nearly priceless, uh, to make sure that the mob does not find out that he has it because he wants to sell it and keep all the money, of course. Mm-hmm. And also, this, this this wedding has to go off without a hitch. It does not. It falls on the bride. <laughs> um, she's, she's, she's fine, though. She tanks it. <laughs> And uh, then he uh, immediately packs it into a, a U-Haul and escapes. And there's now a, a madcap cross-country chase of uh, gangsters and Cadillacs chasing a U-Haul with a, uh, a statue of Caesar inside of it uh, <laughs> as, as they attempt uh, uh, to get, I'm thinking of San Francisco. I want to have a big auction there. Okay. Uh, and my cast is Jeff Goldblum is the owner of the restaurant. That makes sense. Uh, Bradley Cooper as uh, a, a mafia prince getting married, and Nicolas Cage as his dad, the Don. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that is uh, the gist of Caesar Salud. Okay, so your your premise is he what he's he's decorating is a is the restaurant just opening for the first time? No. Okay, no, so no. He's, he's just he's decorating. just getting a bunch of stuff for the wedding for the wedding, and then he ends up getting a priceless statue of ancient Roman history. And yeah, it's like the gaudiest thing he finds in a, in a consignment store. And he's gotcha. like, this is, this is perfect for the guineas. Does he have a, 
does he already have a tie to the mob or is the mob? Yeah, he owes, he owes them a bunch of money and that's part of why the wedding's happening at his restaurant. It's like, it's, gotcha. this is one uh, one step of paying it back, just throwing them a wedding. So so Nick Cage is the Don. Yes. And Bradley Cooper's his son, you said? Yes. How does that age match up? Does that work? I mean, not that it matters. But... Who cares? But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think they're like 15 years apart, 20 years apart. Yeah. Um. Okay. Who's the wife? Did you cast her? No, I was trying to think and I couldn't come up with anyone good. So I'll ask you if you have anyone in mind. I, I'm, I'm feeling a brunette. I'm not feeling a blonde. Um, Would it be an Italian? Would it be? Probably. Okay. Um, Yeah, we can we can work that out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why the age does not work, but I'm feeling Selena Gomez. <laughs> wow. So if you get rid of Bradley Cooper, we go someone younger because she's actually really, I don't know if you've watched only murders in the building. I haven't started it yet. No. She's actually really funny in it. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. She's actually really good. It's a great show too. I can't wait for season two to come out in like, I think like two months or something like that. Um, but so, okay. So I, I like your idea. I'm willing to, forgo the Jackson Reinhardt sequel for now. For now. <laughs> until we can pitch another one. Um, so how... I mean, we can definitely... There are a lot of elements of your film that can fold into this pretty easily. I mean, yeah. you have kind of a, a third antagonist type figure in the British professor. Yes. Which I think would be easy to put into this. And it's the same guy who's a regular patron at the restaurant who lets him know he thinks the statue is this. And now involves oh, himself and wants it too. He's the one that puts it on his radar, basically. Yeah. So we'll keep in Stephen Root because you don't get rid of Stephen Root. It's just it doesn't happen. Um. So I, so I like that by the end, it's like he's not even fucking British. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. He's from like he's from like I don't know, uh, maybe Canada or just maybe like Boston or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So. In your mind, is Jeff Goldblum's restaurant a nice restaurant or is it kind of like it's trying really hard to be something it's not? Oh, definitely the latter. Okay, yeah, because I feel like that's better for the comedy. Um, So he gets the he gets the statue and I would say what maybe the first the first act is Stephen Root trying to. um, What's the word trying to convince him? that it's a, a real ancient statue and he needs to take care of it. Um, and he's, he's so busy planning for this wedding. He's like, I don't, I don't have time for your history nonsense. I, I'm going to, I'm going to put a fedora on it. I was just going to say, he puts like a silly hat on it or something like yeah. a hula, like a, a luau or whatever, <laughs> like a string of tea lights. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Steven roots kind of like trying really hard to like keep an eye on it, that he finds a way to get himself into the wedding. Um, yeah, I'm just, yeah, let's, let's, let's change from Bradley Cooper. Cause I'm not feeling it. Um, I, you know what? I've been on a big teen wolf kick lately. Cause I've been mm-hmm. showing Megara hope the show since the movie's coming out soon. And I'm actually, uh, unabashedly a big teen wolf fan. Let's use Tyler Hecklin. Oh, okay. I love Tyler. Tyler Hecklin and Selena Gomez as the bride. <laughs> Damn, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, so that way we have a younger match for the two of them. 
Um, Selena Gomez. But we still keep Nick Cage, obviously, because yes, it makes perfect sense that he would be the father to gorgeous Tyler Hecklin. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can see it. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> so by second act, mm-hmm. we're I'm guessing we're in the wedding second act or are we already in the wedding first act? Um, I, I would say wedding second act. Yeah. And then kind of catalyst of mid movie is now it would probably be a little bit after the halfway point where he kind of puts it on a truck, flatbed truck or whatever. And it's like trying to cross country to where, where did you say where it takes place? Is it New York? No, I, di- I didn't really have a, like a specific location okay. in mind. I know I wanted it to be in a location definitely where they're kind of starting in, in one notable place and ending in another. So maybe Chicago, maybe we use Chicago mob. Yeah. Chicago's great. Um, so he's, yeah. Cause that, that also, I don't know why I feel like a good, a good environment for like an, a, a bad Italian restaurant. That's trying really hard to be a good Italian that, like, restaurant. That part of why he's in debt is he kept like buying decorations and really overdoing this fucking place. Yeah. And the thing is he could easily get out of debt with the mob by giving them the statue, but then he doesn't get any of the money. And maybe as a second stake, his restaurants in, in, uh, in, in danger of failing. So since the restaurant's in danger of failing, he needs to have that statue so that he can sell it on the black market or wherever so that he can get the money. And his hope is that he can use that money to save his restaurant and also pay back the mob, the money he owes them. I love it. That's perfect. So even though he has the mob chasing him after him being like, if you just give it to us, we'll cancel your debt. And he's like, no, I need to save my restaurant too. (laughs) I think uh, it might be worth uh, considerably more <laughs> yeah. than that. <laughs> um, just uh, thinking out um, loud here, uh, I would say <laughs> the statue. <laughs> so it takes you forever to say anything. <laughs> God, you are the worst. <laughs> I can't stand handling people that aren't in the mob. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, oh, dude. Just also Nick Cage, Jeff Goldblum, and Steven Root in a film together. Yeah. It's gonna All be of them playing heightened versions. Well, not Steven Root, but Nick Cage and Jeff Goldblum playing heightened versions of themselves. It's just beautiful. <laughs> it does. Over the course of this, from the stress of putting on this wedding and then deciding that, like, this statue is his destiny, I really want Nick Cage to just break mentally and start <laughs> believing himself to be Caesar Augustus. <laughs> is like, that getting... I mean, I, I actually haven't seen it, so I have no idea. But is that getting too much uh, towards the new movie he just did with Pedro Pascal? Doesn't he, like, in that movie, doesn't he, like, truly believe himself an action star or something? Um, I haven't seen it. Okay. So I, I know it has something to do with like all his previous movies and stuff. Which is which is funny because did I ever tell you the first ever D and D campaign I played with Matt, um, who has also guest starred on this podcast? I created a character named Nicholas Saint Cage, <laughs> who was an actor who truly believed every movie he was in was really happening. And then when he stopped acting because he was more of like a young adult star, like a heartthrob, mm-hmm. um, 
he basically had horrible PTSD about reality versus film. So anytime someone needed him to do something, they had to pitch it to him as if he were in a film. Oh my God. Because it was the only way he believed things to exist. That's, um, that's kind of horrifying. <laughs> yeah. It was a nightmare. It was super fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's, that's very similar to what Nick Cage's character here is. Um, I think I'm trying to think it's like, it's Nick Cage. So we could easily do the, he truly believes himself to be Caesar Augustus, but is, so do we use Tyler Hecklin as the uh, straight man of just being like, dad, what are yes, you talking about? <laughs> Silence, young Claudius. <laughs> Cause it's the Italian mob and the Roman get it. <laughs> Claps. <laughs> and then yeah so we have selena and we have tyler as like the straight characters who were just like we're just trying to get married we did not want to have it <laughs> at angelo's so <laughs> and jeff goldblum right. is very clearly not italian oh not at all of course <laughs> so he's that you know he's got the it's uh it's the moment. Well, you don't watch Friends, so it doesn't matter. But <laughs> I'm familiar enough with Friends to maybe figure it out. It's uh, what's his face? Who's the um, the chef at the restaurant that Monica reviews and says that their marinara sauce is absolute trash, and he's not actually Italian. He's from Lebanon. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um. So after we, I, th- there's got to be some farcical moments to the to the wedding specifically but also the 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 car chase or whatever you want to call it um where like so okay well you did say that the the statue falls on the bride but i'm guessing it doesn't break at all no no okay so maybe like if there's a couple times where it's almost about to fall or like off of the truck or something and you know they're they're struggling to keep it on um and for some reason jeff goldblum will not remove the fedora because he thinks it it actually is a good disguise that they won't know it's a Roman statue. They'll just go, Oh, it's just a statue of the fedora. It can't be a Roman statue. Yeah. Roman a statues fedora. don't use fedoras. We'll drink them in tea lights and maybe put like a champagne flute in his outstretched hand. <laughs> That's so good. So after we, how does, okay. So let's actually think, how does he get it out of the restaurant and how does he do it during the wedding? Um, food truck (laughs) he has a food truck that he was just starting to get no no he has a food truck he was trying to get off the ground but it failed miserably so it's just been sitting in a garage in chicago it's his first business venture yeah 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 and it's (laughs) It's just sitting there collecting dust the truck is completely busted it barely works and And he's he's going to use it to to get on the road. So he puts it in the back. And at some point, he definitely um, stops somewhere like on the side of the road just to like kind of like blend in with the crowd mm-hmm. and people come up trying to order meatball subs or whatever. The cat is trying to cameo on the pod. Get out of here. Izzy. Oh, we can hear her. Everybody, oh, that's Izzy. Go, no. She's no. quite old. <laughs> <sighs> just so mouthy. She she is a very talkative kitty. 
Um, so yeah, we have, there's a point where he just like stops on the side of the road and people are coming up like, yeah, can I get a meatball sub and uh, a Coke? And he, he doesn't know what to do because one, he's obsessed with making money. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, I should probably stay here and feed these people. We'll have to, we'll have to put some, like some reason as to why there's working equipment and, and fresh food in the truck, but you know, whatever. Um, (laughs) it's been sitting in the garage, but maybe he, he packs. Oh, that, that's simple. He packs, uh, food around the statue to make it seem like it's not there. Like he, he piles up boxes of fresh food. Ah, I see. So that, so that he can hide it. Mm Mm-hmm. But he that's like his downfall is that he will not he will forgo every type of danger if there's a chance of him making money. He's trying to sell the stat a priceless statue, but he stands the chance to make a good 15 bucks off of a couple meatball subs. So oh, goodness. <laughs> so he's going to stop and make sure that he takes care of these customers. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the road, where do we so on the road, we. At some point, I feel like there's got to be a a shift in power dynamic, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's got to be a shift in the power dynamic for Jeff Goldblum or maybe even Tyler Hecklin and Selena Gomez. Okay, like, like, what do you mean? Um, I'm thinking like in terms of in terms of goldblum maybe calling the shots or tyler hecklin and selena gomez calling the shots because they're more of a neutral participant in this mm-hmm. maybe they didn't get to finish their friggin vows like maybe they didn't get to finish the ceremony before he ran off so they're literally this whole time just trying to get he married. has the uh he has the marriage certificate in his car he has the marriage certificate there you go so they need to find a way to be like i don't care who has this statue we're trying to get married and we just need the paper. So they're chasing after Jeff Goldblum for the marriage certificate, but he still thinks everyone's after them for the statue. They do not care about the statue at all. Or wait, (laughs) what if Nick Cage doesn't care about the statue either? What if they're all there just to get the marriage certificate? Interesting. He thinks they're there for the statue. So the whole time there's actually not a, uh, a dooming threat, a looming threat over him. They just want the marriage certificate. Well, suspension of uh, belief or anything like that for why they don't just go, we don't care about the statue. We just want the marriage certificate. Or maybe maybe they don't know about the statue. They don't know about it. And he's running because he thinks they're chasing after him for it. But they just want the marriage certificate because it's in the truck. Oh, okay. So maybe at the end, they find out that the statue's there. And somehow Tyler Hecklin and Selena Gomez get their hands on it and take it away from both him and Nick Cage. Yeah, screw him. <laughs> yeah, they're like, fuck it. This is our this is our wedding present, or that's it. He ends up having to part with it as their wedding present for all the shit he's put them through. Yeah, and oh, I think maybe they still don't even know how valuable it is. But yeah, just yeah, like, we're gonna, you know what? We're gonna go ahead and take this. We're gonna take that. That's our wedding present. It seems nice. It'll fit good in the floor. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, uh, okay. <laughs> He's because they have him at like gunpoint, right? So it's not like he can be like, no, you can't have it. Yeah. They finally catch up to him and he's like, oh, all right, fine. I guess so. If that'll get me out of this situation. So, yeah, the whole time, <laughs> the whole time, Nick Cage, Tyler Hecklin, Selena Gomez, they have no idea that he even has the statue. They don't even know that the statue's a thing. They're just trying to get the marriage certificate. 
Steven Root is the one that's chasing after him, trying to get the statue. This is feeling very much like it's a mad, 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 mad world where everyone at some point has the money in the end, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Which, yeah, like you said, I'm I'm okay with that completely. Um, So where do we bring Steven Root's character uh, in terms of this 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 race if you will um let's see i mean uh you know we were kind of hooking him in as like someone who actually knows what it is from the beginning yeah Um, yeah he's the one that's been like bombarding jeff goldblum with the knowledge like look i found it in a book look doesn't this look exactly like that statue yeah i mean maybe he's convinced he can start his own museum yeah, he's like a curator, or he's a wannabe curator. Yeah, like, <laughs> like this is this is his big shot. If he, yeah. if he gets one big thing, the whole museum ball will just start rolling from there. Because <laughs> it's so easy to start your own museum. <laughs> <laughs> you get one item and you just put it on display, and everyone's like, "Oh, pff, here's more." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Along the way, I say there's got to be like a scene where I don't know. Jeff Goldblum, because it sort of becomes a a road trip movie where Jeff Goldblum stops by, I don't know, his daughter's house or something on the way to San Francisco or his Uh ex-wife's house or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. And there's like maybe a scene where they all show up at the house, too, and they have to have this dinner, but not endanger Jeff Goldblum's ex-wife or daughter or something. Mm -hmm. So she thinks they're all just there stopping by because they're on their way to something. And he's like no, I need these people out of here now. (laughs) (laughs) And Nick Cage still thinks he's Caesar Augustus. So, yep. (laughs) Um, That one came together very fast. We're not even at a 40 minute mark yet. Um, Yeah, it's, it's pretty solid. I know. All right. So, you know, the ending is, is obviously he loses the statue and yeah. Nobody, nobody who has it knows what it is. And maybe that's for the best because everyone who does know at this point has been very greedy about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it ends up in their house or something. And then like the final shot should literally just be like, I don't know, they move it into the house and then the dog bumps into it, knocks it over and it shatters. Ah, geez. And then, you know, Jeff Goldblum is outside because he's trying to scope out the place, being like, when can I take this back? Mm-hmm. And he just sees that happen. <laughs> yeah, there's just, you know, we, we pan out to like a bunch of people out hiding in the bushes outside waiting for their opportunity. Yep. <laughs> All of the emotion drains from his and Steven Root's face. <laughs> and it's just, oh, God, there, were, there was a heist about yeah. to happen. Yeah. Yeah, you you set it up as if we're about to see a heist. Like, oh, God, is this movie still going? And then it just shatters. And they're just like, (sighs) You had to get a big fucking dog. We couldn't get a teacup like I wanted. (laughs) It's a St. Bernard. Or like it's a Doberman. Just like wild and crazy. Just knocks it over and they're like, oh, God. All right, we'll clean this up tomorrow. Let's go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't dealing with this shit. It's 11 at night. (laughs) It's 11 at night. We've been on the road for three days. I just want to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. Get Tyler Hecklin to do an Italian, like a mafia Italian accent, but Nick Cage won't. (laughs) (laughs) 
We don't know why he has one, but he doesn't. <laughs> or or vice versa. Nick Cage has this severe Italian accent and Tyler Hecklin doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> He's been Americanized. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um I, I yeah, that, that one came together very fast. So I think we have a movie. I'm not sure. Uh, well, we, we have uh, part of an idea for a movie. <laughs> I guess that's one way to put it. I guess that's one way to put literally any episode of the podcast. Yeah. We have the potential to say, yes, we will make you a movie. <laughs> and if anyone wants to give us money to make said movie, said movie can be made. We got a bunch of them. We have 51 at this point. There are 51 movie ideas here. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Um, quite a back catalog. Hire us, Hollywood. We can literally just pump them out at this point. We could. Just let us us sit down and write, and then we can just give you a script a week. Oh, boy. I'm going to find a way to ruin that. (laughs) Very quickly. Um awesome that was that was fun man uh at some some point we will do a jackson reinhardt sequel though that's uh mark my words all right we gotta go dark with the sequel though it's gotta be the temple of doom oh yeah yeah yeah. but we still have to kill rummy that's like that's like the the, the very fixated on killing your secondary lead. <laughs> i enjoy killing kill your darlings man kill your darlings even when it hurts you kill your darlings i'm good <laughs> <laughs> stephen king told us to we have to do what he says. Uh, have you? Are you in a cult? <laughs> yeah, King Cult. <laughs> okay, yep. Just checking. Just checking. Uh, the King Cult. It's it's uh, following the King. You know, Elvis. Um, ladies and gentlemen, everyone in between, thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this shorter episode as we got to the pitch pretty quickly, and Rob kind of had everything fleshed out for us in the get go. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter, Gmail, Facebook. We are still looking at Instagram, though we cannot find a handle. Um, and we are toying with the idea of a full-on website. Our website on Podbean, what do you got? Uh, what do you got? Podbean.com. If you type in what do you got.com, I think it comes up. Um, it's it's a little bit more flushed, uh, flushed out now. So we have we have it's a little bit more accurate. Uh a little bit easier to navigate. Um, still some things I need to change because Podbean obviously is not a full on website, so mm-hmm. it doesn't have the best editing material for doing such. Um, but it is on its way and we're getting there. So without anything else, I mean, thanks for joining us. Someday we'll have an Instagram. <laughs> Someday. Someday. If people and stop until... taking... If people stop taking our handles and not using them. Yep. Because what do you got.com, I think, is also taken. Squatters. So people just, why? It's such an awkward title. Why? It's like if someone had It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia before the show came out. It's like, why do you have that? <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's conceptually exhausting. <laughs> Just like this podcast. Boom. <laughs> so until the day we take our revenge on people squatting our domain names, I've been Rob. I've been Nick. And that's what we got. What Do You Got is recorded live at the Cape Swoosh Studios in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Our theme song was written and performed by Trevor Campbell. 
Additional music is provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And our wonderful logo was designed by Gabby Weiss. You can find her on Twitter at, at Gabby Weiss. 